This is the John Oakley Show podcast. This has been on the burner for a lot of years, and in fact, uh, different groups have taken a run up the hill to uh, initiate uh, proceedings to get a second NHL franchise in the city of Toronto. Well, it turns out uh, there was a group, and uh, they're proposing a plan that includes $5 billion for the first-of-its-kind mixed-use development in Toronto. Uh, that includes the world's biggest hockey arena, 25,000-seat capacity, a nonprofit museum, and a proposal for said NHL expansion team. The group behind it is the Toronto Legacy Group and Toronto Legacy Sports and Entertainment, whose spokesperson, Andrew Lopez, who was one of the principals, has joined the Oakley Show this afternoon. Andrew, good to have you on board. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mr. Oakley. I'm a big fan. I appreciate your saying that, and I'm a big fan of hockey, so I'd like to see uh, something like this come to fruition, but the devil is oftentimes in the details, as they say. So uh, walk me through it here. I mean, this is the $5 billion plan. Uh, that's a lot of cake. Who? You know what? That's what's key about this proposal that we announced today. We announced that next week we are submitting a $5 billion mixed-use development proposal formally to the City of Toronto site on the east side of Allen Road as well as the Canada Lands Corporation site on the west side of Allen Road. And the mixed-use development is 100% a go with or without an NHL team in an arena. So our worst-case scenario is that we invest $5 billion in a private mixed-use development, promoting equality to all, raising millions of dollars for charities and the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, who, as you might know by now, are now officially 1% owners of our mixed-use project and the PWHPA, We'll also be receiving a $1 ticket surcharge on all tickets. Okay, well, hang on. Slow down, slow down, so we can just walk through it piecemeal and uh, not get overwhelmed with too much information all at once. Uh, This $5 billion figure, uh, who's behind this money? We have one of Toronto's most renowned developers, 50 years' experience in the construction business. Can you name them? I will name them next week as, as soon as we submit the offer to the City of Toronto on Canada land. Okay. For legal purposes, the offer has submitted formally before, uh, but I can tell you off the record, I can tell your assistant right after we get off the phone who the family is. Uh, I can tell you that they're an order of Ontario recipients, and the principal is one of the biggest philanthropists in the GTA. So the developer is in a position to pay for the land, the full cost, as early as next Friday. All right. Obviously, it's not going to happen in a week, but the point is that the, the developer has the, has the funding 50 years experience, no one questions whether he has the fun. The only question now is, do we get the team in the arena as well? That's the question. Well, if you don't get but, the team, you're not going to build the arena, is that it? That's basically it. We're building a $5 billion mixed-use development with an arena if we get an expansion franchise approved by the Board of Governors, and without an arena if we don't get an expansion franchise. But we like our chances. Well, why would you say that? I mean, there have been others. Balsilli uh, from Waterloo tried that. There have been a a group up there in Markham that tried it as well. MLS and E would step in and have something to say on that matter. Uh, Why are you bullish that you can secure a franchise? Ironically, uh, we had our proposal vision for expansion in Toronto five days before Jim Balsilli's banquet to judge in Arizona was about to give his verdict. Mr. Balsilli tried to hijack a team. Uh, without the NHL's permission, he wanted to relocate a team where only one owner gets paid. Expansion franchise fees are divided equally between all the owners. Uh, The bankruptcy judge in Arizona in 2009 cited my press conference on June 5, 2009, as the reason he opposed the relocation of Phoenix to Hamilton because it would take revenue away from expansion. Uh, In terms of the Markham bid, our site is at Downstreet Park. On the subway line, across the street from each other, so it's central, if you were to put it... A, a dot in the center of the GTA, Downstreet Park would be that dot. It's accessible to the 905, accessible to the 401, 
and obviously directly on the subway line. How many acres? Uh, How many acres, Andrew? We're looking at about an 80-acre proposal with the arena or about a 70-acre proposal without the arena. And if you get the arena, and this is contingent upon securing a franchise, uh, this is going to be the world's biggest arena. How many capacity? It'll be 25,000 seats, 6,000 seats bigger than the Scotiabank Arena in downtown Toronto, and 3,500 seats bigger than the Bell Centre in Montreal, which is currently the biggest hockey arena in the world. Why are you going for that capacity? Uh, because Toronto is the biggest hockey, Toronto's the hockey capital of the world. Well, the I understand. City can, the city can support two teams, and uh, we certainly would have no problem uh, getting 25,000 uh, hockey fans to come to our building. The other key thing about the Toronto bid that separates us from everyone else is that our mixed-use development, even with just the Character Hall as the feature attraction, uh, it's bringing a million visitors to Downsey Park. Every other mixed-use development proposed for either site is just the regular uh, dime a dozen residential office towers, and the people that go there are the people that live in the condos and that work in the office tower. Our proposal does that, but it also brings a million visitors to Downsey Park, which is hundreds of millions of dollars in economic activity and tourism for the city of Toronto, for Ontario, and for Canada. Furthermore, the one other thing that I want to mention real quick, mm. if we buy the city of Toronto site, 100% of the sale price goes to the city. So this is not the number. I'm just making that clear, but I'm going to give you a number for an example. If we were to buy the city of Toronto site for $300 million, $300 million goes to the city of Toronto. If we buy the federal site across the street, Canada Land, one-thirteenth of the $300 million goes to Toronto because Canada Land, as a Crown Corporation, is mandated to share benefits equally between the 10 provinces and three territories. Well, all so right. Let me... One of the very big incentive to, to, to uh, sell us their site. I can see uh, land development uh, having uh, an attractive proposition here, and uh, yet the rink and the NHL franchise intrigues me because... You know the price. Uh, I guess the going rate for a franchise in Seattle was six hundred and fifty million. Uh, prior to that, it was Vegas at five hundred million. So it leapt leapt uh, up by one fifty over just a couple of years. And then you've got MLS and E with their territorial rights. And when we discussed this seven or eight years ago, uh, just in house here, it was like right. a half a billion dollars just to get the. Uh, if in fact MLS and E would even give the clearance for that, I mean, are you prepared to pay all of that money? You, to... you know what? That's exactly what we said today. We are applying to become the 33rd NHL expansion team and the 17th team in the Western Conference, not in the East, in the West, to begin playing Hamilton October 2020. We want to start playing one year from now. What? One year before Seattle is, has the arena open. We'll build our arena over three years at Downstreet Park. So our plan is to start playing in Hamilton in October 2020. In terms of the territorial rights, that's always been a myth. The NHL Constitution is crystal clear. The word territorial or veto appears nowhere in it. It's a very simple 75% majority vote. Including Seattle, there are 32 owners. That means I need a yes from 24 of those 32. So as I said at the press conference today, the Leafs and seven other teams could oppose it, and it does not matter. Precedent has been set. If there was a territorial veto, the New York Rangers would have vetoed the Islanders in the 70s, and the Los Angeles Kings would have vetoed the Anaheim Ducks in the 90s. There is no veto. It's 75%. Right, except that, again, uh, you've got to get that kind of a consensus from the owners or the governors, and uh, that remains to be seen. I mean, well, some let, of them... Let me, tell you, let, me, let me tell you that's a very good point you brought up, mm -hmm. and that's what that makes our bid attractive. A second team in Toronto is like a team in no other market. E uh, media rights are equally divided between all the owners every year. If we get the team, our media rights become the second most valuable media rights in the NHL, Instantly. Right. So that means that every owner gets $3 million more in their pocket for my media rights every year. Whatever they're making from revenue sharing from the Leafs, double it every year. And as you know, 
of league revenues goes to the players. Yeah, but Larry Tannenbaum has some pull, and uh, I'm not sure he's going to quietly say uh, that this is a good business proposition from his point of view. Uh, however, let me just change gears and find out because so I'm really... We're the Yankees. We're here to be the Mets. The Yankees yeah. don't take... The Mets don't take a single fan from the Yankees. Uh-huh. And Atletico Madrid in Spain does not take a single fan from Real Madrid. Okay. The Chicago White Sox don't take a single fan from the Cubs. It's and, a policy. Big uh, cities have two teams in every city and every sport. All right. Uh, you also say that this uh, mixed-use development is inspired by civil rights and gender equality. In fact, it would house the proposed Women's National Hockey League franchise, and you'd put a $1 surcharge on game tickets, food, beverage, and merchandise... To what point or purpose? What's that? No, that 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 that, that goes to fund the PWHPA salaries. I see. Okay. So, so whatever money we make every year, one mm. percent of our profits in one or two companies will be directed to the PWHPA to pay the salaries of the new WNHL. Not just in Toronto, we pay the salaries in Montreal, in Chicago, wherever there's a WNHL team. Right. So this is we're funding the whole league, not just the Toronto Women's National Hockey League team. In terms of our civil rights and equality, the development is named after. Order of Canada recipient Herb Carnegie, mm-hmm. icon hockey player, right, and the greatest woman hockey player of all time, Angela James, four-time world champion, and also the first woman, first black woman, and first openly gay athlete inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Right. She's also got an arena named after her in Thorncliffe Park. You know what? That's exactly. You know what? I'll tell you this. I grew up in Toronto on the West End, not on the East End of the city. Mm-hmm. I only first learned her story uh, about six years ago, and it blew me away. What an inspiring woman! Andrew, i got to leave you on that note. I mean, uh, I got all your points here. It's very fascinating. We're going to keep an eye on this one. I, I really want to see where this one goes. Andrew Lopez. Thank you so much. And if you want, I can come in for a studio interview sometime next week. We can make plans. <laughs> okay. Uh, there you go. He's really Have promoting a wonderful it. day. You got Thank it. Andrew you. Lopez uh, with the Toronto Legacy Group. <laughs> We're looking to establish an NHL franchise at Shepherd, well, in Downsview. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.